0: is Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love, a podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. Hello and welcome to the Saving Grace podcast. We're so glad to have you listening. My name is Mika Gutemann, and I'm a producer of the podcast, Normally, I'm part of this from the other side of the glass in the studio control room at Grace, but today, I'm excited to be the one who gets to welcome you and our guest of the week. When we visited the Free Grace Alliance Conference in Dallas, we got to visit with several fantastic people with so much to share. In today's episode, I sit down with pastor and author Jeremy Vance. Over the next two episodes, we'll hear some of what Jeremy has to share on having a relationship with God and what that is all about. Jeremy does this in a way that is so simple and easy to understand, and there's going to be parts here that I know that is so key for all of us, no matter where you may see yourself in your relationship with God. Maybe you, or someone else you know might want to take the opportunity to get a fresh chance to think some of these things through. Let's dive into the conversation with Jeremy Vance. Welcome to the Saving Grace podcast. We're here at the Free Grace Alliance conference, and I'm joined here by, by Jeremy Vance, Thanks for, for coming in on the podcast, Jeremy. It's good Thank, to have you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate
0: being here. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and why you're here?
1: Yeah, well, I am a pastor up in about an hour north of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I have been coming to the Free Grace Alliance Conference for a long, long time, meaning this might be my 10th year or so, and I'm, I'm involved, I'm on the board on the Free Grace Alliance, and I just love to be around old friends and people who have a same mindset and same understanding of the scriptures, at least to a degree, and uh, I'm always encouraged being here, and, and just I, I love the teaching, and I love the time that I get to spend with my brothers and sisters in, in Christ.
0: Would you tell me a little bit about how you got connected with this, this Free Grace movement? You know, what what is your kind of background with that?
1: Well, uh I first got connected to it when uh, Dr. Fred Shea was the president of the Free Grace Alliance, and Dr. Fred Shea and I go all the way back to seminary. I was in seminary back in the mid '90s. He was a professor of mine, and then he became a mentor of mine, and today, beyond all of that, he is a, a good friend of mine. So uh, it was through Dr. Shea that I was introduced to the Free Grace Alliance, and um, and got more and more involved. You've been a pastor for for
0: quite some time, and you've been around. You know different surroundings and, and predominantly the the part of the country there that you 're in now, perhaps you 've been around a lot of people that have more of a maybe tradition based view of, of religion or would would you tell us a little bit about the the environments that you find yourself around in your ministry
1: yeah, in Wisconsin, there are a lot of uh, germans uh, they 're very staunch they 're very Uh, stoic in many ways. Uh, In my environment that I grew up, I grew up in Wisconsin, by the way, and and, um, I grew up in a community that was strongly Catholic, strongly Lutheran. I grew up Lutheran myself, and now I'm back in Wisconsin serving in a community that is also, it's not the same community I grew up in, but it's also strongly Catholic, strongly Lutheran, strongly um, tradition-based, and people in the community that I, I live in, either they have like a very loose connection or they're very, very committed. And, you know, mom and dad are, let's say, Catholic. Mom and dad are Catholic. My grandparents are Catholic. Uh, Catholicism goes way back in our, in our family you know, history. And so um, I'm reaching out to people who really are committed to their religion. And that's just the challenge that we face, because what we try to do is introduce people who are so committed to their religion into a real relationship with Jesus right. uh, based on the real truth that the Bible teaches. That's the mission field. There, you know, I've, I actually um, talk to people in our church who have come out of Catholicism, and I ask them an honest question. I say, now, just if you you've lived it, so if you had to tell me how many people— in Catholicism, how many people do you think are actually saved, or how many people do you actually think are born again? Honestly, I've asked maybe a hundred different people, a hundred different people who have come out of Catholicism, how many people do you think are actually saved? I would say the average number is less than 10%. That They, uh, they say they're just, they're practicing the rituals, they're practicing taking the Eucharist and uh, confessing to the priest and praying to the saints and all of that kind of stuff, but they really don't know that Jesus is their Savior. That Jesus is the only way to eternal life. They think they have to add to it their works. So it's a it's a challenge that we face.
0: So as you are around these contexts and people coming from these with this background, uh, how has that doing ministry in this context affected how you think about? what it really means to be a Christian, and how you maybe talk to others about that.
1: Yeah, I always want to emphasize the relationship component, because most people in our community just think of Christianity as things we do, or practices that we practice. I go to church, I Take the mass or the you know the communion or or the Eucharist, or whatever they want to call it, I do these things, and I try to have words with them or talk to them about things like you know what do you think Jesus thinks about this or or if if God were to speak into this situation, what do you think he would say and like and it throws them off a little bit like. God's got more important things to do than this. I'm just supposed to do my stuff. And uh, really try to talk to them about this God that is personal, this God that wants to to know you in a personal way, allowing, allowing him to have that, that close personal relationship with you. He, he, he wants you to relate to him. And so I'm always talking about the love that God has for them and how he really does care for them. And honestly, this, this is something that they find themselves either thrown off by on a minimal way uh, or on a really incredible way, how they're like, I can't believe how much God actually loves me. It's just really a blessing when, when people, when the light goes on and people go, wow, I never knew, I never knew how much the Lord really does love me. So it's it's a challenging environment, but it's a blessing when you see the Spirit of God working in the hearts of people to have them realize, wow, God really, really does love me.
0: I'm, I'm hearing you talk a lot about this relational view of, of faith and our relationship with Christ, but this, this relational approach, does that affect a lot of how you choose to do ministry
1: as well? Yeah, we have a line that... Um, that we say is uh, discipleship happens in relationship. So we try to create environments. Again, in my environment, people who have a concept of church, they think, I go to church on Sunday or Saturday night. I do what I have to do. And that's about what church is. And we have emphasized, well, it's actually about a relationship with God. It's actually about investing in a relationship with God, and the only way that you can have a healthy investment in your relationship with God is when you invest in relationship with one another. When you allow people into your life, you allow people to know you, when you allow people to speak into your life. And again, if we're going to grow in our relationship with Jesus, we do it together. We sharpen one another, we help each other, we encourage one another. We we Push each other forward toward the Lord. So, we um, our, our Sunday morning services are not like liturgical. You know, they're not like we do A, B, and C. We tr- try to keep it fresh. Like a relationship is good when it's fresh. Uh, we we have what we call home discipleship groups, traditionally known as small groups. And that's the emphasis in those groups is that the leader doesn't just lead discussions. But that leader or leader couple, they, they actually try to shepherd the people, meaning they're, they're involved in their lives. They, they maybe go out to coffee with them or they you know call them or text them or just always checking in with them, really, really investing in those relationships to help people grow in Christ. And uh, so relationship is just so foundational. Matter of fact, our mission statement is this, to invite people— into a relationship with jesus and together become devoted followers of him so the idea uh, i mean that's just heavy in in that statement with relationship relationship and that that mission statement is big and bold in our foyer everybody sees it when they walk in the door and so just really emphasize that
0: so i myself come from a, a context that's that's very secular i'm from stockholm sweden originally and uh It's a very, very secularized country, probably one of the more so in the world. Um, And it's still considered a Christian country. It comes from a a strong Lutheran background where it was very kind of a politically Lutheran country uh, with a state church. And so even though people would have a strong distance personally from religion, as they would phrase it, um, they might still have this notion that, well, we're Christians because our country is Christian. And so sometimes it can become a difficult conversation to have about what it really means to be Christian when someone already has a pre-existing understanding of it. It it sounds like you might be in a context where you sometimes might have to have those conversations with people who think of themselves as Christian and maybe have to re-understand what that really means. How how do you have those conversations? That's a difficult
1: thing to have. One of the great ways in which we relate around these things is to ask questions. If someone says, oh, I'm a Christian, matter of fact, I was talking to a young woman who um, I happened to run into in out in the community, and uh, she had this tattoo on her arm. Anyway, I asked her about the tattoo, and it ended up where I said to her, "Um, well, did you ever, um, like she was talking about her life and kind of not knowing where she was going in life, and I said, "Have, have you ever considered wondering what god wants for your life and she said i'm a christian i mean her reaction was i'm a christian so i just asked so what do you, what does that mean and well i i go to church and i said okay i mean you know that's not wrong or anything um go on you know and and it was just basically i go to church that's why i'm a christian And I got to then move the conversation toward actually knowing God, and the only way to know God is through the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done for us, how he's bridged that gap between uh, us and himself. And uh, again, sharing the gospel that Jesus died to pay for our sins. He died to take our penalty upon himself in order to have God forgive us of our wrongs. A holy God cannot enter into a relationship with us unholy people people who sin who do wrong who don't measure up to his glory or his holy perfection and so uh, jesus came to make us right with him and he died for our sins and 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 then he rose from the grave and offers this gift of eternal life and i always say the gift of eternal life is a relationship with god that starts today and lasts forever. Jesus even said in John 17, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God and the one whom you have sent. So the idea that uh, we know him, we have a relationship with him. So I was able to move toward this woman, toward this young lady, toward that it's not about just going to church. But asking questions is a great way to relate to anybody. Help them understand that you kind of care about what's going on in their life. And then through questions, you can then maybe bring clarity to the the way in which they view christianity so it's again in a relationship context you know it's not just blurting out you're a sinner and you need jesus you know it's getting to know them a little bit getting hearing their story and and maybe sharing a bit of our story with them because people when they kind of know eh, this person sort of cares a bit for me is not just i'm not just a project for them you know or i'm not just I'm not checking a box, hey, I talked to talk to somebody about Jesus today. It's it's really about relating to them.
0: And I hear that theme from you again, that, that relationship is such an important component, that it's it's a real relationship that we have with God, and it's a real relationship we're pursuing with the people around us. Um, and I can see how that would be helpful if we we're sometimes a little too quick to, to just focus on what we want to say instead of actually showing interest and finding out about them, their story, and see where they're coming from and uh, then maybe get to share our story in the midst of that, then then that would be a very powerful thing. Yep. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. How would you say that this this message of God's completely free grace that we have focused so much talking here about at this conference, um, how does this compare to the, the kind of religious thinking or patterns from the people that you probably come across often in, in your experience as a pastor?
1: Yeah. When you hear people talk about religion or they, you know, like that young lady, like, I'm a Christian because I go to church. It's it's like duty-based. It's like investing our attention into the actions. And grace is about relationship. I think when Jesus said, I, or when it says of Jesus, he came full of grace and truth, there's this truth component to it. But the grace component to it has to do with relationship. It has to do, you know, again, grace is unmerited favor or undeserved kindness from god to us we don't we don't earn it so we move people from from an understanding of it's my duty that's why i do these things To you know why i live the way i live is out of desire my desire to love the lord back a lot of times again in our context there i'm praying and at the end of a service or something and I just naturally will say in the prayer, you know, thank you for loving us. And we just want to tell you, we love you back. And it's, it's that loving relationship that again, we, we want to emphasize. So in our context of grace uh, or bringing grace into the message, that's what it's, what it's all based on is the idea that we don't have to earn his favor. We don't have to earn his love. It's unconditional love. All we do is respond to it. We respond to his love for us. So it's a quite different than trying to live up to some standard that religion places on us. To more about, if I'm going to have a relationship with you, I'm going to invest in that relationship. I'm going to get to know you and, and, and allow you to get to know me. It's the same way with God. Uh, and yet he's the initiator. He he loved us first, and he he initiated this relationship with us. He's the one that bridged that gap. He's the one that sent his son. He's the initiator. We just get to be the responder to that. But so if I'm someone who's
0: coming from a, a quite different background, maybe a more traditional or what we would call religious practices background, um, wouldn't it be very difficult? As you, even if you were open to this more relational or, or grace focused approach that you would immediately want to jump back in there and well yeah that's all great but mm-hmm. you know I don't I need to be doing this stuff I you know I want to get back to these these practices that that have been so important for me in the past you know how do we kind of help people deal with that aspect of things while discovering what this this grace aspect of things really means
1: yes Um, It is hard to break patterns and paradigms that people have, especially when, like I said earlier, where it's like generational, you know, Um, and if, if they're going to trust that Jesus is the only way for eternal life and they're going to even come before him and lay there and say, Lord, I give you my life because I love you and I, I just surrender my life to you. They go against family oftentimes, and it's a high price to pay. To break those paradigms, to go against them, that's, that's very, very difficult. It's not an easy mission field to be in. But let me just say, I am 100% convinced that it is a spiritual battle at its core. I think so often as Christians, as people who are are passionate about Jesus, and we know our calling and we want others to know the Lord and and we just get out there and do it, I'm afraid that oftentimes maybe we forget that this is a spiritual battle and we have to pray. We have to be praying for the lost. We have to be um, praying that God would open their eyes to see the truth. And uh, and it's amazing how the Spirit of God works when we pray. I mean, He he does give us opportunities to really share. And, you know, we're not the ones saving people. We're just the messengers, and He's really the one that, that saves them. And so we just bring the message, and we allow the Spirit of God to work through us and in their lives, and then, and then we just see Him changing lives. I mean, I told you, over 100 people, I don't even know a number, but, you know, there's a ton of people who... Not just came out of Catholicism, but uh, came out of being lost in one form or fashion. And God is God is changing lives. I would say also this: I think we have to stay consistent. People are watching. Mm-hmm. When I say consistent, I mean I don't mean so we're living this great, wonderful life. I, I consistently authentic. Consistently, hey, I'm. I don't have it all together. I'm. God is still working on my life. I'm not trying to show you that if you follow Jesus, everything's going to be roses. Matter of fact, it might even be more difficult for you, and I even would share some of my story that we don't have to go into now, but you know, when I surrendered my life to Jesus, there was a lot of pain that I endured because of it uh, with broken relationships with my family and with some old friends that I was a part of. So, so we, we just come to people with a real authenticity about this relationship and it's not just, you know, fake in any way. And of course it's or at least I, I think that it's it's
0: always easy to to tend to focus on others and the people around us and what they need and what we want to to contribute to their lives, but sometimes it's easy to take the focus away from what we need to be focusing on this inwards as well. Um I I believe that it's it's almost like the default state in us to revert back to a sense of, of legalism or it becomes about our performance. How do you how do you think we can best work on to kind of stay grace focused and, and to keep that that balance properly and for ourselves
1: inwards as well? Well I think it's a it's it, it's a constant um, reliance upon the Lord. It's a constant understanding that He's the Lord and I need him it's a it's a constant investment like anything getting back to that theme we're hearing it's a constant investment in that relationship so so if i'm going to grow or stay close in a relationship like with you or anybody i invest in that relationship i i do you know what i think helps that relationship i listen i communicate i spend time with you or somebody you know whoever that is. Likewise with the Lord. I think we just need to stay close to him, meaning, well, for me, I I get up in the morning and I spend time in the Bible and I pray. And throughout the day, I talk to the Lord. I rely upon the Lord. It's not by my strength that I'm doing this. I just trust that he's going to help me. Or like I said earlier about having a conversation with somebody who's lost, Lord, give me an opportunity to tell somebody about you and uh, so it's just this reliance upon him and this keeping close to him like first john 1 9 i think is a text that that speaks of fellowship with the lord uh you know if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness that idea of if if you sin against me if you want to mend that relationship you confess to me and i forgive you and then we're back close to one another it's the same way with the lord you know it's Uh, just keeping short accounts with Him. There's a lot to our relationship with the Lord, but if you just keep the bottom line that I just want to stay close to Him. Mm. And when I feel like I'm drifting, I quickly come back. And I think that's how we stay in that grace relationship and not in a, well, if I do A, B, C, and D, then I know I'm right, or I know I'm right with God Mm. instead of, I just want to love you, God, because I know how much you love me. And I want to love you in alignment with your truth, with the Bible. And so so I I want to invest in, in our relationship, and I know that's how to, how to do it. Just mm. staying close, praying, being in your word, being in fellowship with other Christians who can speak into my life and know me and strengthen me, kind of like we were talking about earlier. Mm. Well, as you're mentioning that, it
0: I can almost imagine that it's it can become like a comfort for people to have this kind of checklist of, if I just do this, this, this then I'll know I'm okay. Or what do I have to do to know that I'm okay? It's Mm -hmm. like we're looking for an external reassurance, or almost an internal reassurance, like, how can I be sure? Uh, But we're putting our emphasis in doing that in a way that we'll never be able to
1: have it in. Right. And it's the opposite way. I am okay i i i am in a good spot with god because of what jesus did for me and out of that okayness then i live it's not i'm doing this to be okay it's i am okay because jesus made me okay he made me right he he died for me he paid the price for my sins he sent to me his holy spirit in me he sealed me for eternity with his spirit so I'm okay. I, I believe it's Ephesians chapter one. Like we we have already received every spiritual blessing. We, we've we've got it. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to we don't have to do A, B, and C to be right. We are right because of what He has done for us. Mm-hmm. And so it's a response to His love. It's not a trying to trying to make sure I got it or or making sure that I cover my bases. It's a re, it's a response to it, not a not a trying to get it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, we really appreciate you
0: coming on here on the podcast, and we're going to go ahead and, and uh, record a, a, another on another topic here as well that, that you, our listeners, will be able to hear at a later occasion. But yeah, thank you, Jeremy, for for coming here and sharing with us here on the podcast, and we really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Miquel. We want to thank you for listening. We are so happy to have you with us. We want to keep encouraging you as listeners to, to write in with suggestions and questions about things you would love us to talk about on the podcast. We love interacting with you, and you can always get a hold of us. The easiest way is probably to email savinggrace at gsot.edu, savinggrace at gsot.edu. But you can also reach us on Twitter at Cast. Please join us again next week. We're excited to connect with you again. You have been listening to Saving Grace, a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu slash Views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.